welcome in everybody to the West Side Sports Podcast. I am your host, Dakota Esri. Thank you guys so much for listening to, to the show. If this is your guys' first time listening to the podcast, welcome to the podcast, welcome to the show. This show specifically covers everything Pacific Northwest related as well as an around the world section like we do every single day and every time here on the show. This podcast is free and available on all platforms. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Samsung Podcasts, Index, iHeartRadio, and many, many more. Today's podcast is going to be a little bit one, a longer one than it was previously. I've been getting a little bit more requests for a longer podcast. So today we have a large section on Mariners. I got some trade deadline targets for the Mariners in the upcoming week. Trade deadline is Tuesday. I got a pretty good amount of takeaways from Seahawks training camp. That's also has been asked and requested by you guys. Thank you so much for doing that for me. And overall, let's just hop right into it because I got a lot to get into today. It's going to be a great show. Today's show, Around the World, starts out with the Padres, our quote front runners for Juan Soto via ESPN. Uh, interesting note here, they do have some prospects, Jerk, Jerks and Profar, uh, Gore, they got some other prospects, uh, CJ Abrams, all that good jazz, so they're going to be in the front running for Soto. I've talked about Juan Soto extensively on the podcast. I'm not going to be covering him today for the Mariners because it's not a realistic thing anymore. Just due to the overall haul that the Nationals are going to be wanting and the kind of players and prospects are going to be wanting to getting back for his services. Number two one around the world, uh, the Chiefs have signed former Seahawk Carlos Dunlap to a one-year deal worth up to $8 million. Congratulations to Carlos for going out and getting that bag and that contract. He will team up with Frank Clark, his old teammate, and see if he can't relive some of his previous days when he was back with the Cincinnati Bengals and when he was a... Uh, younger, more productive player. Let's just go ahead and say it that way. He had a pretty good season last year for Seattle when he had his actual rushing opportunities, had eight and a half sacks, led the team. But overall, it just wasn't the right scheme fit overall with what Clint Hurts bringing to the Seahawks this year. So best of luck and wishes to Carlos Dunlap with the Kansas City Chiefs. The Yankees traded for Andrew Benintendi yesterday from the Kansas City Royals for three prospects. They're number 17, 21, and out of top 30 prospects for Andrew Benintendi. This is not overall surprising move by any means due to the fact that Joey Gallo has been absolutely atrocious for, for the Yankees. I saw a stat this morning that was just very telling that Aaron Judge has more home runs than Joey Gallo has hits this season. That's just incredible. Uh, Aaron Judge is just on an incredible pace this year. See what happens with him in upcoming free agency, but we'll get to that in much later down the road right now. But overall, just kind of want to bring up that interesting stat in general. The Cross City Series, what they're calling it, between the Mets and the Yankees, finished off yesterday with the Mets walking off with a Sterling Marte hit for the sweep yesterday. The Mets are playing really good baseball right now. Edwin Diaz is just unbelievable. Him and, uh, funny enough, our own Andres Munoz are the two pitchers in baseball with a slider strikeout rate of over 50% in baseball right now. It's absolutely incredible. I loved Edwin Diaz uh, when he was in Seattle. Sad to see him go as part of the, the Robinson Cano for Jared Kelenic deal. Unfortunately, we haven't seen the true rise of Kelenic, but in upcoming podcasts, I will have an update on the state of the farm, and that will include Jared Kelenic. Another PGA note, Bubba Watson has left the PGA for the LIV Tour. Another big name leaving the PGA Tour in general. This is not a huge surprise, but a pretty pretty decent shock to the world I guess you could say just due to the fact that Bubba Watson is a well-known name is kind of a uh, 
you know, a, a pillar or a, one of the more recognizable names, I guess you could say, when it comes to golf. I'm getting more into it when it comes to, to the podcast due to the fact that golf does have a lot of viewers and a lot of fans and a fair amount of you who listen to the podcast appreciate it. So just tossing that in there. Around the World finishes this today with Mike Trout. Uh, Mike Trout. It's sad to see this because I have talked extensively in a lot of uh, ill will, you could say, against Mike Trout just due to the shenanigans the Angels pulled and, and the brawl. I'm not going to get into that. If you want to listen to that, go back a couple podcasts. I covered a good 15, 20-minute section on the brawl. But Mike Trout was diagnosed with a rare back condition. It kind of goes around his ribcage area. It's going to be requiring cortisone injections for the remainder of his career, possibly for the rest of his life, until the issues subside, which with how much torque he generates through his, uh, you know, his core or his torso, it's going to be a problem. And unfortunately, I hate to see that, especially with somebody like Mike Trout's ability, just be kind of um, just a bummer, man, just bummer overall. He's a great player. One of the best parts of our of my generation of the last decade, couple, I mean, 10, 20 years for sure. So not a good news for Angels fans whatsoever. Um, Shohei Otani doesn't have any updates on him for trade stuff right now. It's been a little quiet the last 24, 36 hours. When I have that, I will bring that to you guys. We're going to get to the Mariners because I got a whole lot of Mariners to, to get into today. Um, we got pitching probables, trade, uh, trade targets. We have uh, roster moves. And uh, just overall, just kind of notes and kind of some stuff about Jerry's show. I didn't get to the whole Jerry's show yet today. Just doing some podcast prep work in front of it. I apologize for that. I'll have that up tomorrow. Diego Castillo was placed on the 15-day IL this morning, retroactive to June 26th uh, with right shoulder inflammation. The same right shoulder issue that he had on a similar timeline last year when we acquired him from Tampa Bay. So I'm hoping that it will be similar to the Eric Swanson time frame when he took about a couple weeks, came back, and was, you know, good, you know, right as rain, good to go, whatever you want to call it. Not great. Diego Castillo has been a really solid big piece of our bullpen the last month plus for the Mariners. Matt Brash was recalled in his spot for the bullpen. So we'll see what happens to that overall. But just not not the greatest timing, especially when we're going on the road. Houston and then to New York. We need all hands on deck for right now. This is going to be one of the toughest series stretches of the entire season for the Mariners without question. A lot of you guys have been asking about trade targets. Um, I got a lot of names. I apologize if this is going to sound a little bit just more statty. Um, I just want to give kind of an idea and a uh, background as to why all these players are being rumored as possible targets for the Mariners. Ian Happ, outfielder primarily for the corners, left field and outfield plays for the Cubs. Having a decent year, 240 average, nothing overly fancy, but has good pop. Uh, Not a good glove, though. Just kind of like a cheaper man's Jesse Winker kind of a player. Uh, Strictly left-handed side bat, so kind of an interesting fit. I don't see him as a probable thing. It's just a name I've been seeing floating around in the circles. Brandon Drury is a name I've talked about a couple of times already on on the podcast about a trade uh, possibility for the Mariners. Having a breakout year for, for Cincinnati, 273 average, 333 on base percentage, 523 slug, 19 home runs, 57 RBIs, played 20 games at second base, making less than a million dollars this year makes him very attractable. Probably it's going to be a... Uh, Similar deal as to what Andrew Benintendi's deal was or uh, the trade for Andrew Benintendi 
for the Yankees. Probably two mid-tier prospects and then a low A throw-in, which the Mariners should be doing right now because we need the offensive help in general. Yes, Adam Frazier has been playing better, but we still need more pop at a second base to be a contending playoff team for the second half stretch. Donovan Solano is a also an infielder for uh, the Cincinnati Reds. Couple of interesting stats on him that I didn't really know about as I started digging deeper and made more sense as to why his name has been included in trade talks and in uh, the last couple past couple weeks in general. I said last month minimum, but the last couple weeks has really been turning up. Since 2019, Donovan Solano has hit 310, 357, 439. Uh, that is average on base slugging. Uh, this season he's hitting 329, 383 on base, 357 slug. So, it's not bad. I mean, it's not overly flashy. He doesn't have big pop, but he's more of a contact, consistent contact hitter. He's going to get on base, which is what Adam Frazier was brought here to do. Unfortunately, he has been a little bit of a struggle with that. And currently, we just don't have the time to wait for Frazier to see if he's going to warm up to what the player we thought we were going to get in the offseason acquisition with the San Diego Padres. He's only played in 25 games this year due to he started out the season on the injured list. So, that's why he has minimal action this year. But overall, in the action he has played and the time being, he has performed well. Alexander Bogarts is a name that's being brought up right now quite often just due to the fact that the Red Sox are sliding backwards in the on the uh, wild card standings for the American League. 3.3 war currently for Alexander Bogarts is a little bit of a down year. It's still really good, 3.3 war. It's going to cost an arm and a leg to get him. Uh, the problem is he's a shortstop. You probably have to play him a second base due to the fact that J.P. Crawford has really established himself with owning shortstop he's he's deserved it it's his leadership role you're not going to ask jp to move positions when it's one of like he's one of the main leadership pillars of this team so i imagine Alexander Werder to come here it's going to be pretty hefty for prospect and also he has to play second base and it's going to be just for the season because he is a free agent at the end of the year it's going to be a little bit expensive joey wendell from the miami marlins was a 2021 all-star uh, he's only played in 48 games this year due to three IL stints. So that's kind of a that's a bit of a turnoff for a lot, a lot of people, just due to the fact he's had a little bit of an in, uh, injury consistent issue this year. But he's still hitting 290, 339 on base with 400 slug. Has played second base, third base, and shortstop this year. Has a mutual option uh, for 2023. His WAR is 1.5, doubling Dylan Moore, so he'd be kind of replacing Dylan Moore in that aspect. And quite frankly, I am. So, I'm a thousand percent down with this. Dylan Moore, good base stealer, plays good defense, but he can't hit the ball. He's hitting like 180 something. It's just not going to cut it right now. You got to have guys come in as capable bats, especially when you're pitch hitting in late inning situations, not just for bunting or for stealing a base. Sam Haggerty can fill that role, and I believe Sam Haggerty has deserved to take that role from Dylan Moore due to his offensive production as well as stolen base uh, efficiency as well. Ahmed Rosario from Cleveland, another infield. It's kind of like an infield uh, trade acquisition section. I'll have a starting pitching one coming up soon also. Um, later on this week, probably Friday. If it's not Friday, it'd probably be Monday just to the fact that pitching takes a little bit more work than infielders. So just want to give you guys a heads up on that. But Ahmed Rosario is very intriguing as a player for the Mariners due to the fact he plays multiple infield positions and can play outfield as well, left field is an option for him 2.8 war this uh, excuse me 2.8 war this season 294 average 331 on base 410 slug 
has appeared in 89 games this season, signed through next year, which is going to make him a little bit more expensive to acquire. He's not just going to be a one-year or half-a-season rental like we talked about with Bogarts or uh, Drury. So that's going to take a little bit more prospect-wise to get him. Jose Iglesias from Colorado, another infield option. Uh, shortstop, who's also played a little bit of second base and third. Hitting 300 on the seasons, uh, which is a surprising thing for me because Jose Iglesias has never had a great bat up until this season, but I don't know if it's just playing in Colorado. I don't know if it's the air. I don't know if it's elevation. A lot of people play really, really well in Coors Field and then struggle elsewhere, so I don't know how this translates to a ballpark like T-Mobile, but he is hitting 300 average, 339 on base, 397 slug. Has only struck out in 39 times all season, one of the lowest amounts in all of baseball, especially for the strikeout position. A backup catcher is also a target for the Mariners. A couple names to watch here due to the fact that Luis Torrens is an absolute dumpster fire offensively. Huge disappointment after his uh, breakout year last year, hitting 15 home runs for the Mariners. A couple names to watch, Eric Haas for, 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 for the Tigers, as well as Tucker Barnhart, Sean Murphy, and Jan Gomes. Detroit has made it clear that they're willing to trade anybody on their roster because they're just, quite frankly, terrible right now. I'm not trying to just make them worse than what they are, but the Tigers have three total offensive players that are hitting a 100 WRC, which is wins runs created. 100 is a league average. Three out of all of their total players are hitting 100 at bare minimal. So it's not exactly a great year to be a Tigers fan, and I don't blame them for offloading and just trying to reset with Spencer Tor Torkelson and Riley Green. Pitching matchup for today will be Logan Gilbert versus Jose Urquidy. Mariners, like a fun fact or a stat for Logan Gilbert I saw earlier today. Mariners pitchers aged 25 or younger to tell a 10-plus wins and 100 strikeouts with a sub-3.0 ERA in their first 10 starts in a season. Felix Hernandez did it 2009, 11 wins, 2.45 ERA, 137 strikeouts. Logan Gilbert has currently done that this season. 10 wins, 2.77 ERA, 112 strikeouts. So Logan's having a really good year. Couple notes on the lineup today. Lineup just got released. It will be uh, Rodriguez, France, Santana, Suarez, Crawford, Raleigh, Winker, Frazier. And rounding it out will be, of course, Dylan Moore. Mitch Hanniger update today from Jerry DePoto Show with Mike Salk via Seattle Sports Station. And, uh, Mitch Hanniger has to play back-to-back days in the outfield before he can come back on the Mariners squad, which sounds very similar uh, to what they told Kyle Lewis for his rehab coming back with the, with the team. So he's been playing more DH and inside the field. He has played one day out in the field so far through his rehab, so... He's just slowly working his way back. It's exactly what we want to see. He's kind of taking his time, not rushing anything, especially for how important Mitch Hanniger is for the second half. Finish in the finale for the Mariners going towards the playoff push. And here we go, Seahawks, everybody. Finally, takeaways. I've been teasing this for two days now and finally have a fair amount of takeaways for you guys. So we're going to hop right into it. DK Metcalf still on field with teammates. Has not he's not participating in activities. Doing the quote the hold in option, waiting for his contract to be finished up. Sounds like it's the guaranteed money is the hold up, which is no surprise due to the fact that Seahawks are not a huge team when it comes down to guaranteed money. Gino by far looks better in camp right now. Day one definitely seems to be the starter. Drew Locke is definitely pressing. At the end of the practice yesterday. 
he made a huge error that caused a pick six on the last play of practice. He's just trying to make a play, trying to show something to the coaches, which is a not a good idea. When you press, usually bad things happen. Unfortunately, that's what happened with Drew Locke. Geno Smith, by far, has the lead in the quarterback uh, competition right now. Rashad Penny looks trimmed, sharp, explosive. Really good shape right now. Good mindset for Rashad Penny. Weighted at 237 pounds, which was his weight goal for the season. See if he's able to stick around that during training camp. I'm assuming he will due to the workload and the amount of practices they will be doing during training camp. But that's just good to see he's coming in at the weight that he wanted to hit. Ken Walker looked smooth, ran with conviction, did really well on the extended hand handoffs to both left and right side. Charles Cross, Abe Lucas both looked really well. Abe Lucas got a good chunk of first team reps during practice. Uh, just offense in general, this looks really similar to what the Rams ran a couple of, Rams used, not Rams ran. That looks funny. Uh, the Rams used a couple of years ago with Shane Waldron when they had Jared Goff. Lots of bootlegs, play action, extended handoffs, going like a stretch run, not so much a dive or a halfback, you know, smash or a blast or anything like that. Uh, or a dive. Just more extended handoffs, counters, that kind of stuff. Letting the blocks set up in front of you. No Fant looked really Jimmy Graham-esque to me. Uh, just really fluidity with how he moved. Very similar. Just just kind of looked like a big wide receiver, to be honest with you. This is what they brought him in for. Needed him to compliment Will Disley and Colby Parkinson with having a just a talented, overall, well-rounded tight end room. is really important for this scheme. And overall, just to help out Geno Smith and Drew Locke could get comfortable. More for Drew Locke than Geno Smith since he's been in the system. But he's going to be a great addition to this team. I'm anticipating over under at least 600 yards receiving for him. We haven't had a 500-yard uh, tight end receiver since Jimmy Graham. So we'll be hopeful to see that happens. Will Smith, uh, Will Disley, not Will Smith. Haha, <laughs> that was a good one. Will Disley looks great. Uh, I'm anticipating for him to have a huge year, especially after the big contract they gave him in the offseason. So we'll see what happens to that during training camp. Pete continues to talk about the speed of this team. Uh, overall, just speed across the board. Offense, defense, special teams. Uh, offensive line moving really well as an overall unit. Austin Blythe coming in the center. This line is going to be much different. Hoping for a bounce back year from Damian Lewis. They've been talking about a little bit about him and how he came in in better shape. Gabe Jackson continues to rehab from his knee surgery in the offseason, so we'll see what happens to that in general. A note on uh, rookie DB cornerback Kobe Bryant was tested on a deep ball versus D. Eskridge. Kobe played a, the ball really well, was really smooth, really patient, made a good play on the ball, uh, pushing it away at the last second from D. Eskridge. Got a nice ovation from the vets and from, from, from the fans on the burn yesterday. Good to see the attendance overall for the first day of training camp. Tyreek Woolen is just, he's a freak. I'm going to call him a raptor because he's just long, fast. I know I've used the term explosive a couple times, but he's just really explosive. hes You don't see guys that are, you know, 6'4", six, 6'5", six, have top-of-the-line, truly elite speed, you know. I think, you know, this is going to sound, a lot of people are going to think I'm crazy when I say this. I think this guy in due time could cover uh, Tyreek Hill. I really do think he could just because of his length of, of his legs, his top speed. His ability to stay on top, not allow big plays to happen. We all know how much Pete uh, really iterates and just pounds it into the just pounds it into existence. How important it is for 
this defense to not allow big plays in general. So having that kind of a DB, tall, lengthy, top speed to cover that is going to be really instrumental for this defense, especially for first-year defensive co uh, coordinator Clint Hurt. And that's what I got for you guys today. Today's podcast, a little bit longer, a couple minutes longer. Uh, it sounds like 20-minute marks is kind of the sweet spot for a lot of you guys, so I'm trying to keep it around there. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. Again, this podcast is free and available on all platforms. If you guys enjoyed the content and the topics I covered today, please, please subscribe and just leave a rating. It really helps me out right now. I'm getting very much closer. Or I shouldn't say that's not great English, but I'm getting much closer to my goal. I just hit my over 500 overall listen stream goal. So thank you so much for helping me achieve that. It means the world to me. This has been a huge ride and i am just so appreciative and thankful for everybody who has been sharing and just the love and the outreach for this podcast has been fantastic thank you so much for listening i'm gonna have another one up for you guys tomorrow let's go ahead and get this w today jose arcadia versus logan gilbert seahawks training camp it's beautiful in washington it's hot it's humid and uh, finally, summer is here, everybody. Hope you guys are enjoying the nice weather. Hope you guys enjoyed, enjoyed the podcast. And uh, for something you guys want me to talk about, hop on to the sports group, Sports in the Northwest, on Facebook. It's my group. Let me know. Drop me some comments. I got some comment tabs on every podcast I throw up. So if you guys want me to talk about something different, please let me know. And as I always hop out of here with saying simply, see us rise. <laughs>